Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In previous episodes, we've mentioned men like Nicholas Wood, the great eater of Kent, Ping Bodhi, the New York Yankees baseball player who beat an ostrich in a spaghetti eating competition, and recently we even spoke about William McKenna, the man who could eat all sorts of glass and metals. Now, there are hundreds more stories, I'm sure, of men and women with equally impressive or horrific eating habits, depending on your point of view. But today, we'll be focusing on one of history's most notorious. His abilities defy traditional human limits, and in fact, defy traditional human decency as well. His unquenchable appetite and insatiable hunger brought him global acclaim and praise, but it also ultimately proved to be his downfall. Today, we'll be diving into the story of Charles Domery, a Polish-born soldier who tried to eat the whole world. These are the bizarre but true stories from history that in some way involve food. I'm Nick Charlie Key, and this is the fantastic history of food. Charles Domery was born in 1778 to a Polish family as one of nine boys. Now, according to most accounts, all of these boys had larger-than-normal appetites, and I feel incredibly sorry for their poor parents who must have gone through roughly 20 loaves of bread on a slow week. But even so, Charles's appetite stood out amongst his brethren. Despite his voracious eating habits, he grew up a healthy child with an average frame, although he did grow up to be around 6 foot 3 inches tall. At the age of just 13, although in the 1700s this was basically middle age, Charles decided that the time was right to join the Prussian army. He expected to see some battle, some adventure, and to make a name for himself defending his country. What he didn't expect, however, were the meager food rations that the Prussian army handed out to their soldiers. Each day, he would complain loudly to his commanding officers that there was just not enough food, and he was still hungry. Eventually, in an effort to shut him up, the army doubled his proportions, and yet still, this was not enough to satisfy Charles's hunger. So, Charles did the only thing he could think of in the situation. He defected to the French army to see if they would be prepared to feed him more. Now, upon his arrival to the French lines, he was given a whole fresh melon to eat, which he immediately devoured, not even stopping at the rind, but forcing that down his throat as well. 
The French army matched his Prussian counterparts in affording him double rations, and his fellow soldiers, who would usually grumble at this form of special treatment, simply watched on in amazement as Domery ate whatever he could get his hands on. When, inevitably, the French daily rations still proved too meager to fill his belly, he began spending every single cent of his military pay to buy himself more food, and would greedily scoop up his fellow soldiers' leftovers onto his own plate before devouring those as well. And yet, it was still not enough. His commanding officers watched on in amazement and simply made notes of his gluttonous behavior without having any real reason to stop him. It's recorded in one of these journals that in the span of just one year, Charles Domery is said to have eaten 174 cats that he caught while on duty. Now, the disturbing part of all of this is that by some accounts, he was so hungry sometimes, he didn't even wait to kill them first before he began feasting on them. And that's some pretty gruesome stuff. In light of this, it's probably worth noting that when these insatiable hunger urges first appeared, he was sent to be evaluated by some form of early psychiatrist, who for all intents and purposes found nothing wrong with him, either physically or mentally, and just described him as being a man of average intelligence with no outward signs of mental illness. But this assessment didn't always seem to correlate well with his actions. Aside from the raw cat fiasco, it was also not uncommon for Domery to consume between 4 and 5 pounds of grass each day, simply to try and fill his stomach and make the hunger pangs subside for just a while. Surprisingly, or perhaps not surprisingly after what we've just heard earlier, as much as he loved food and meat in particular, cooked or roasted meat would more often than not make him sick to his stomach. And so, his preferred method was to eat his meat entirely raw. Now, I know you're thinking, what could possibly top the cat story from earlier? But allow me to, yet again, one-up it by sharing an incident that happened aboard a French military ship while in the heat of battle. The soldiers aboard the vessel were engaged in a sea battle with another ship, and as was the custom of the day, cannonballs zipped through the air as they were fired from ship to ship. Anyone unlucky enough to be in the way of a giant metal ball hurtling through the air at a fairly rapid pace was not going to be in for a very good time. And so, sailors were often hit full-on by these cannonballs and found themselves heartily shifting off what remained of their mortal coils. Other times, sailors were simply sideswiped by the hurtling metal objects, and often, when this happened, it would simply and neatly remove from their bodies whichever limb had been unlucky enough to have been in the way. And so it was on this fateful day that a soldier standing alongside Charles Domery had their leg detached from their body as a cannonball whizzed on by. In that moment, something in Charles's eyes lit up, just like in the cartoons when their hunger pangs start to turn their friends into chicken drumsticks or some other delicious food. The soldier's leg was still rolling around on the deck and before it could come to rest, Charles had grabbed it and began gnawing on it like a viking would on a roasted leg of lamb. The other soldiers around him were horrified at what they saw, and once the initial shock had worn off, rushed towards him, grabbing the leg out of his mouth and throwing it overboard before Charles could snatch it back again. Charles could then be heard sulkily saying, What a waste, as he trudged below decks, presumably to raid the ship's stores. Not long after this happened, and during the course of yet another of these battles, Charles was captured by the British army in 1798. It's hilarious to me to think that at that very moment, they had no idea what they were getting themselves in for. At the time of his capture, the average daily ration for a wartime prisoner was one loaf of bread, one cup of vegetables, and a small block of cheese. 
Naturally, this just wouldn't do for our Charles, and his captors soon became aware that they had somewhat of a freak of nature on their hands. Rather than growing flustered by his dietary requirements, they instead saw it as somewhat of a game and a humorous reprieve from an otherwise mundane military existence. Soon, they too agreed to double his rations, but quickly realized that this was mere child's play for Domery, and slowly but surely they began increasing his allotted rations, until at one point he was devouring, in just one sitting, the entire daily rations of ten other men. When even this proved to be insufficient for Charles, he began literally swallowing and or eating anything that wouldn't immediately kill or poison him. He would snatch away other prisoners' medications and swallow them, or would chew and eat entire candles meant to light the cells at night. And obviously, he went back to his old ways by not only capturing and eating all of the rats he could get his hands on, raw, mind you, but he even managed to capture the prison cat and gobbled that poor creature up too. Prison doctors watched him with fascination and made notes of his health for as long as he was under their care. He was noted as sweating profusely each night while he slept, but this would immediately stop as soon as he woke up and ate something. A year after his capture, word of his escapades spread throughout the British High Command, and in 1799 he was given over to the Royal Navy for a more in-depth study of his condition. It was decided that they would do an experiment on him to test and see if he had any limits whatsoever to how much he could eat in a day. And so, on the 17th of September, 1799, a physician by the name of Dr. J. Johnston began the experiment. He had made sure to include a number of other respectable witnesses on the day, so as to validate whatever his findings were, as he feared no one would believe him if what everyone had said about Charles was true. That morning, at 4am sharp, Charles was woken up and fed four pounds of raw cow's udders. He made light work of that meal and promptly went back to sleep again. At 9.30am, he was awoken once again and fed the following. Firstly, a meal of five pounds of raw beef, followed up by twelve candles weighing one pound that were made from the rendered fat of cows, as well as a bottle of porter ale, a rather heavy-bodied beer. Onlookers were astonished to see that before even one full hour had elapsed, his plate and mug were empty. One o'clock rolled around and yet more was laid out on the table before him. This meal was almost identical to the last in that they again fed him five pounds of beef and twelve more tallow candles, but followed it up this time with three bottles of porter ale instead of just the one. An hour later, and Domery was observed to be in good spirits, chatting with a few friends as he slowly made his way through the last of the candles, with a good chunk of the meat still to go. At a quarter past six that evening, he had finally finished everything that was on his plate and finally declared that he could eat no more, asking kindly if he could go and lie down in his cell. Dr. Johnston was astounded, but for a variety of reasons. Firstly, it was insane to think that this man had consumed almost 15 pounds of food in one day, without even counting the beers, but a number of his other observations shocked him as well. Not once did Charles need to use the bathroom that entire day, and whilst monitoring him, found that his heart rate remained normal throughout. Even that night, when one should have been too full to even move, Domery was observed to be dancing around his cell while smoking a pipe and even finished the night off with yet another porter ale before retiring to bed. I think it's safe to say that this may very well have been the best day of his life. 
Eventually, as time wore on, Charles Domery and his insatiable hunger slowly faded from the public consciousness, and his later life and ultimately his death are unknown, or at least undocumented. Modern doctors have speculated that he may have been suffering from some form of glandular disorder, but without being able to test the man directly, it will forever be a guessing game as to what led a man to such hunger that he would devour live cats, pounds of grass, and even a fellow sailor's leg, just to make the pain in his stomach go away, knowing that soon it would start all over again. This show is made entirely by me, Nick Charlie Key, with our theme music having been made by the enigma that is the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you'd like to support the show, the simplest way to do that is over on our Patreon account. There's just one option. So for just two bucks a month, you'll help me keep producing this show. And in return, you'll get your name forever etched onto our supporters' wall of fame over on our website. Oh, and then maybe listen out for your name in an upcoming episode. So until next time, bon appétit.